Welcome to the weekly podcast channel for the Wilmington Church of Christ. We hope that this channel inspires and encourages you to take the gospel to all people, transforms hearts to be like Christ, and trains disciples to make disciples. For more information about our church, please go to wcconline.org. Enjoy the message. Do you remember falling in love? Do you remember the first time you fell in love? Do you remember the last time you fell in love? My wife and I, we met at a wedding. I was the best man. She was the maid of honor. We both showed up with different dates, and it was love at first sight for her. I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know why you all laugh when I say that. Um, but I remember, I remember falling in love, and I remember falling in love and thinking about wanting to be with my wife, Carrie. And that's one of the reasons why we gather as Christians to worship together is because we love Jesus. Now, we keep coming back together to worship Jesus because we love him. We gather for other reasons, too. We gather because we've been called out by God. So we've been called out of our homes to gather together to receive instructions and go out in the world and share our love of Jesus. But we also gather together because we've been called, but we've also been called out. But we also gather because we want to center our attention on Jesus Christ and give him praise. When we give Jesus praise, we are obeying the scripture that says, give praise to the name of God. And we, when we gather together, we're also obeying the command to give thanks. We gather together to be reminded that Jesus does real changes within our very souls and can even heal us physically. We gather together to minister to God and learn how to serve one another. And we gather together because the liturgy of our worship service, the order of our worship service when we gather together, is a structure on how we might even worship every single day. When Nick begins building our worship services and starts to uh, put together our singing and preaching time, he follows a pattern that should be similar to how we worship every day. He starts off with... uh, this pattern that follows the gospel story. We recognize God's character, that's adoration. We acknowledge our character, that's our confession time. We affirm the grace and forgiveness we've received in Jesus, that's the assurance we have in the change Jesus is making. We express our devotion, that's thanksgiving. We desire knowledge for godly living, that's the instruction from the word. And then we respond to what Jesus is doing in our life, and that's our communion time. And then we are sent out with a benediction or blessing to go share this love of Jesus with others. That's the pattern that we follow when we form our worship hour together. And we don't always hit every element of that, but that is our themes. That should be the theme of what we do every day as we are worshiping Jesus every day. And if you want to write down that pattern and you want to start putting it more in your life, it's adoration, confession, assurance, thanksgiving, instruction, response, and blessing. That's the shape of our worship service, and it should be the shape of our lives. And we need to worship every day, not just on Sundays. And we need to see all of our life as worship, just not when we're not only when we are singing together. And one one way to worship every day in every moment, whatever we do, whether word or deed, we do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whether we're eating or drinking or whatever we do, we do it all for the glory of God. One way to worship every day is to obey 
the words of Jesus. In Jesus' last discourse to his disciples before he went to the cross, he repeated a theme three times, and here it is in John chapter 14, verse 15, he repeats this theme three times, if you love me, keep my commands. If we want to learn how to worship God all the time, every day, we need to learn to worship him in this way obeying Jesus. Now, some people obey Jesus out of fear or duty or even because they want to get something back. I have one friend of mine who had this opportunity to pursue an affair out of, outside of his marriage, and yet the fear of God overcame him, and he went away and ran away from that affair. He obeyed out of fear of God. And we are told constantly in the Scripture we should be in such reverence and awe of God. It describes it as fear of God. That is a legitimate reason to obey. I have another friend of mine who obeys the Scripture out of duty and responsibility. This person realizes that God is God and I am not, so they obey because it's their responsibility to obey. But they have a tendency to be kind of legalistic and like a Pharisee, and they're not enjoying the life Jesus has prepared for them, but that is a legitimate way and reason to obey. And even I can read in the scripture that God blesses those who are righteous. And I have caught myself sometimes uh, uh, denying myself sin and being obedient because I was wanting to receive an answer to prayer. And I know and I read that God answers the prayer of the righteous. That's a legitimate reason to obey, but it is none of those reasons. Fear or duty or trying to get something from God. None of those reasons compare to obeying out of love. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. We have to fall in love with Jesus more and more. And it doesn't matter how little or how much you currently love Jesus, we have to fall in love with Jesus more. I know one church that their mission statement is to is to move people closer to Jesus Christ. Their church always knows what their job is. It's to move people closer to Christ. So if you have someone who has never met Jesus, they don't know Jesus, or they are far from Jesus, well, their church's job is to move that person closer to Jesus. And if they have somebody that's grown up in the church, is a disciple of Jesus, and has known Jesus their whole life, their job, they know, is to move that person closer to Jesus. They are never outside of their responsibility as a Christian because their job revolves around moving people closer to Jesus. This is how it must be with our love for Jesus. Wherever we are on that spectrum or that scale of loving Jesus, whether we fell in love with Jesus, love at first sight, or we don't even know who he is, we have to grow closer in love with Jesus. And we will find out that if we fall in love more and more and more with him, we will have this desire to want to obey him because we love him. If you love me, Jesus says, keep my commands. Every Christian should obey Jesus because of the two big reasons we love him. Every Christian should obey Jesus because of we love his wisdom and we love his beauty. The two reasons that we should obey Jesus is we have fallen in love with his wisdom and his beauty. The first big reason we love Jesus is because of his wisdom. I think the falling in love with Jesus is to, is to recognize how brilliant he is. He is the smartest man who ever lived and the smartest man currently alive. 
when the Pharisees would try to trick and trap him, he neatly parried their arguments with better logic. When the devil tried to tempt him, he smashed all of the lures the devil was setting out with him with the correct scripture response. When people heard him teach, they not only recognized his authority, but they also recognized his wisdom. And Jesus' teaching have influenced the whole world ever since he came and appeared and walked on earth. Even non-Christians recognize the wisdom of Jesus. Gandhi said that if obeying the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount meant that he was a Christian, then he would be a Christian because he said it was the most complete, smartest teaching he's ever seen. Of course, Gandhi didn't follow Christ. He was not a Christian. In the Quran, the Quran, uh, the book of Islam, mentions Jesus' name more times than it does the founder Muhammad. A preacher friend of mine who has befriended a Muslim man, uh, the Muslim man came to him the other day, and this is near where we live. The Muslim man came to him the other day, and he said, we keep reading about Jesus in our Quran, and we feel like God is bringing about the end of the earth, and we're curious if he is going to do it through your Jesus Can you come teach us what you know about Jesus? And my preacher friend has gone into mosques the last couple of Sundays and has been answering questions about Jesus. Even non-Christians are captivated by the wisdom of Jesus. And he's not just smart, smart. He's able to teach us how to live and able to tell us what is good He can even tell us what the good life is. He's able to reveal in his word the difference between good and evil, and then he trains us in that. Jesus is not just smart, smart, but he's able to, he's so smart he can create matter out of nothing. He's so smart he can take molecules of matter and make creation from his words. He's so smart, he's able to change the weather, drive out demons, multiply food, and smart enough to heal diseased and even dead flesh. Jesus was smart enough to be able to enter into death willingly and then change the dead molecules back into living eternal flesh. One preacher I know says anybody who is smart enough to predict their own death and resurrection and then go die and stay dead three days and come back to life to prove that he was right, we should just do whatever he says. I like how Dallas Willard, in his book, The Divine Conspiracy, writes, all these things show Jesus' cognitive and practical mastery of every phase of reality, physical, moral, and spiritual. He is master only because he is maestro. Jesus is Lord can mean little in practice for anyone who has to hesitate before saying Jesus is smart. He's not just nice, he's brilliant. He's the smartest man who ever lived. He is now supervising the entire course of world history while simultaneously preparing the rest of the universe for our future role in it. He always has the best information on everything and certainly also on the things that matter most in human life. Let us now hear his teachings on who has the good life and on who is among the truly blessed, end quote. Colossians chapter 2, verse 3 and verse 8 rightly says, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Jesus. Be careful, no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elemental forces of the world, and not based on Christ. We can fall in love with Jesus just by recognizing his wisdom. And then loving him for his wisdom, we can easily obey him. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. 
The first big reason we love Jesus is because of his wisdom. But I think the second reason I'm going to lay out is actually why we end up falling in love with Jesus. I think we fall in love with Jesus most because of his beauty. I'm going to give you seven words to write down that we can meditate on for the beauty of Jesus Christ. You can write these down. If you're at home, you can write these down. You can then go back and dwell on the beauty of Jesus and fall more and more in love with him. Do you remember when you fell in love, how you meditated on, you thought about the person that you were in love with and how you wanted to be with them? I still meditate on the beauty of my wife and my desire to be with her. I'm going to give you seven words that help describe the beauty of Jesus that you think about. You roll them over in your mind, you think about them, you meditate them on, and you will fall in love with the beauty of Jesus. Friend is the first word. Isn't it beautiful to be loved and called a friend? Jesus says to his disciples in John 15, I do not call you slaves anymore because a slave doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I've made known to you everything I've heard from my father. Jesus desires to be our friend. When kids are growing up, you might have recognized this when you were growing up, and the cool kid, you wanted to be friends, and the cool kid came over and said, hey, I want to be friends with you. Can we be friends? Didn't that make your date? Jesus said, Jesus is the coolest kid. He's not just the smartest. He's the coolest. He says, I want to be friends with you. Chosen. Isn't it beautiful to be chosen? It always stinks when you're dividing up teams and you're the last one chosen, but Jesus doesn't do that. He chooses you. He tells his disciples, you do not choose me. I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives to you. Friend and chosen. It's beautiful to be called friend. It's beautiful to be called chosen and loved. This is his real beauty, is his love for you and me. John, one of the disciples of Jesus, he wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote First and Second, Third John. He wrote the book of Revelation. I believe John was uh, Jesus' cousin, but I, I, you know, not real sure about that. But he recognized how beautiful Jesus was, and he recognized why we love Jesus when he wrote these words. We love him because he first loved us. Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 15, as the fathers loved me, so I have loved you. And if Jesus never does anything else, he has demonstrated, if he never does anything else for us, if he never gives us another blessing, if he never uh, heals us or changes us or does anything more than what he has done, he's demonstrated his love for us by dying on the cross for you and me coming back to life and promising us that we can have eternal life too. If Jesus never does another thing, but the scripture tells us he even upholds the universe by his mighty hand, but if he didn't even do that, he has demonstrated his love for us. But he doesn't stop with the demonstration of love for us. He also uses this word together. Jesus promises he will always be with us. I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Friend, chosen, loved, together. But he doesn't just stop there. He is so beautiful. He says he will not only be with us and make his home with us, but he walks with us and he goes before us and he watches our back and protects us from evil. And I love the prayer of St. Patrick, where St. Patrick, he, he wrote this prayer and it talks about how Jesus go before me, Jesus go behind me, Jesus beside me, Jesus beneath me, Jesus above me. He recognizes that everywhere Jesus goes, and he is with him. Patrick said, everywhere Jesus is with me, I am protected from evil. 
And he prayed, Lord, allow people to see Jesus in me. And God, give me the eyes to see Jesus in others. Jesus promises to protect us from evil. Even when bad things happen to us, he protects us from the evil that is within them. But he doesn't just stop there. He also gives us redemption. He promises, Jesus promised to redeem anything he allows. He will buy back, that's what redemption means, he will buy back anything bad that we are allowed to endure and give us back beauty in its place. This is a theme all through Scripture. When Job was, everything was stripped away from Job, God supplied back double what he lost. Paul writes, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Revelation compares the city of the new heaven and the new earth with what we are living now, and can anything we live in now compare to streets made of gold? The prophet Isaiah wrote, and Jesus quoted this about himself, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Jesus gives us redemption. He is so beautiful. Nothing that we go through now is worth comparing to what we will receive from Jesus. And he's also our example. Friend, chosen, loved, together, protection, redemption, and example. Jesus showed us how to live this type of worship, of love, by doing it first and showing us how it could be done. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we are in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, the cross, shame, whatever, and now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. And when you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility that he plowed through and that will shoot adrenaline into your soul. He is our example and that is what makes him so beautiful. As you fall in love with his wisdom and beauty, you'll be able to obey him as a lover and as a servant and as a friend. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. As a church body, that's why we dedicate babies. We want to help them fall in love with Jesus so as they grow, they obey their Lord and Savior. We want to help each other fall more in love with Jesus and learn how to keep his commands. That's what being a disciple is about. Learning from Jesus, not only his words, but his example. And Jesus, as he was teaching, he interchanged the word, commands, commandments, my words, God's word. He used those interchangeably. And we know, and that's why we emphasize the Bible here at this church, because we know these are the words of Jesus. It displays his wisdom and his beauty, and these words have life. 
That's why we emphasize the Bible so much. That's why we emphasize getting in smaller groups so that you can learn from each other, be held accountable to each other, and encouraged by the Word as we teach each other. In our prayer group this morning that I met with, we were talking about how we read books written about the Bible because sometimes we need help understanding what the Bible says from other smart people. That's what happens in our groups too. We emphasize the Word. We emphasize getting in a group because we want to fall in love with Jesus and then obey him. This is just a simple way to start being a disciple. We gather together, we worship together, we serve one another, and we do this daily, all based on what Jesus called his word. If you love me, you will obey me. And as we learn to obey this beautiful way of everyday worship, we can reveal not only how we love Jesus, but how the love of Jesus is different and better and more wise and more beautiful than anything the world has to offer. If you have a family member or a friend that needs to know the love of Jesus, then you need to show them how much you love Jesus with your obedience. And then they'll come to fall in love with Jesus too. If you have a friend, a loved one, or family member that doesn't love Jesus, then as you obey and you reveal it as an example and also tell them about the beauty of Jesus, they will fall in love with Jesus. Eugene Peterson wrote in his book, 1980, he wrote this book in 1980, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. He did a revision 20 years later in the year 2000. And in his preface to that new revision, he talked about what he had changed, a book he wrote 20 years ago. This is a book written 40 years ago. And he said, I haven't done any changes hardly at all. I'm reading it right now. And as I read every chapter, I'm like, this is exactly what we're going through today. He said, well, I haven't done any changes at all because it turns out there are some things that don't change. God doesn't change. He seeks and he saves and our response to God as he reveals himself in Jesus doesn't change. We listen and we follow or we don't. Peterson follows up in chapter 2. The truth about me is that God made and loves me. The truth about those sitting beside me is that God made them and loves them, and each one of them is therefore my neighbor. The truth about the world is that God rules and provides for it. The truth about what is wrong with the world is that I and the neighbor sitting beside me have sinned in refusing to let God be over us, in us, and for us. The truth about what is at the center of our lives and of our history is that Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross for our sins and raised from the tomb for our salvation and that we can participate in new life as we believe in him, accept his mercy, respond to his love, and obey his commands. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Isn't that how we respond to the beauty and adoration we have in Jesus? Isn't that how we respond as we confess our own character flaws? We turn to Christ and we obey him. Isn't that how we respond? After we receive instruction from the word, we love and obey. One command in particular that I love that reminds me of his wisdom and his beauty is what we call communion. Would you get out your communion? This is how we respond to the word taught. This is how we respond to the wisdom of Jesus. This is how we respond to the beauty of Jesus. And it is wisdom and beauty even in our little container of bread and cup. It, how else would we be able to be rescued from where we have rebelled against God? What else would pay for us except a sacrifice that was worthy? Jesus 
himself came and was a worthy sacrifice in our place, taking our place, taking our sin upon him and giving us his righteousness. This is wisdom from God. And what is more beautiful than to remember that Jesus loves us so much that he was willing to die for us? What is, so, what is more beautiful than to recognize when we are low and we feel like we are worthless and we can't win and we can't do anything right to remember that Jesus has made us right with God because of his sacrifice? What is more beautiful to recognize when we are high <laughs> and full of ourselves to recognize that we have sinned and we needed somebody to rescue us? What is more beautiful to know that we are loved and chosen and a friend of God and communion reminds us of all of that? It is wisdom and beauty of Jesus Christ. Would you participate in the body? And would you remind yourself that you are covered over by his beautiful grace by participating in the cup? We want to help you take your next best step in Jesus. We want to be able to help you learn how to respond to what Jesus is doing to his wisdom and to his beauty with obedience more and more. So whatever your next best step is, maybe it is you need to gather with other Christians and participate in that response. Maybe it's you need to get in a group. Jesus says, do not give up meeting together. And he was talking about those groups where we hold each other accountable and spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Maybe it's you need to fall in love with his wisdom and beauty all over again. We want to help you take your next best step. If, if you need to take your next best step in obedience, would you find me or one of the staff, one of our elders, we'll, we'll help you decide what your next best step is. If you're online, would you fill out a connection card and ask, hey, I, I want to know what my next, next best step is. Because our mission is to train disciples to make disciples. We want to get you closer to Jesus no matter how far away from him you are. And we want your love to grow to Jesus no matter how close and lovely you think he is. And that's where we're being sent out with a blessing, the benediction of our worship today. Our job is to help other people fall in love with Jesus because we worship him every day in obedience. Let me pray for us, and then we'll be sent out on mission. Lord, I thank you so much for your wisdom and beauty. Would you help me to fall in love with you and then obey you? Would you help our church fall in love with you more and more and more so that we can obey your commands with ease and satisfaction? It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're sent out. Have a great morning. If this message has inspired you or encouraged you, we would love if you shared it with a friend. To help support ministries like this one, go to wcconline.org slash donate.